0: Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. So today is March 3rd, and the reason why I wanted to do this um, is because today is somebody I feel is very special's birthday. Um, this person has, this person's long past, but I'm, I'm such a huge Disney fan, right, that I love Disney. And one of my favorite people growing up, one of my favorite characters growing up was Peter Pan. And the voice actor for Peter Pan, his name is Bobby Driscoll, and he was what I consider Disney's first big child star. Outside of the girl who did the Alice comedies, outside of her, we had Bobby Driscoll. And Bobby Driscoll was huge at the Disney company. He did movies like So Dear to My Heart, Song of the South, uh, which is very controversial. Um, he also did, I believe, Make My Music or Melody Time, one of the two. And um, of course, his big big movie oh he also did Treasure, Treasure Island um and then his biggest movie I think from Disney has to be where he voiced uh Peter Pan in 1951 um or 52 sorry 1952 and 51 was Alice in Wonderland but 52 um big big child star I believe he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in fact I know he does I, I've seen it. Um, just a really, really big Disney presence. And unfortunately for Bobby, he's got such a really sad, sad story because um, in his teenage years, uh, Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company, um, decided to stop working with him, partly because of um, the fact that he had acne. He was, you know, going through kind of, he was going through pre he was going through like an awkward stage. And um, it's, it's alleged that Walt Disney decided to stop working with him because of the fact that he was kind of losing his like boyish good looks and charm which is really 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 sad very very sad reason and that kind of ended up spiraling him spiraling out of I don't want to say control but kind of on a downward spiral spiral he was working with uh Andy Warhol in his later years and that guy's just a big mess but anyway um so I'm going to kind of go over Bobby and talk about Bobby because I he's, like I said, my favorite because of the fact that he was theater pan. And like, you know, growing up with his movies, I mean, I grew up watching So Dude in My Heart. Um, I did grow up watching Song of the South, um, not because my parents wanted me to. My dad is like no go on that movie. My mom was kind of indifferent towards it. She does find it problematic, but my dad was just like, No. I personally like the movie for different reasons. It's terrible, terrible. Um, a lot of the subject matter in the film, and I completely understand people's um, anger and and hate and disgust for it, especially because the black community at the time told Walt Disney not to make the film, and he still went and did it anyway. And the older that I get, and the more aware that I become of the actual stories, that these this movie bastardized the more i'm i do become upset with the film um because i just think it, it was just completely it it just wasn't right <laughs> i'll say that this was not right and um you know but i mean i don't i don't fault bobby or the actors who were in it obviously bobby was a child in this film um and you know i think that um the actor who plays uncle remus you know at the time jobs for for African Americans were very 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 scarce if if you know not at all so um he was able to play a non slave character and i think that for its time i think that was that is it's a big deal i'm not saying the movie's innovative i'm saying that was a big deal but i mean it's innovative in a way because he is he's a black man and He's doing this animated picture and it sucks that it just had to be this done this way you know it sucks that the story had to play out like that um You know, and and they couldn't have just done something, anything else that wasn't, you know, talking about Tar Babies and and Brother Fox and Brother Bear and Brother Rabbit. Um, It's such that, that, you know, that that couldn't have been handled in a better way, because, I mean, it is it is pioneering to have a black man in an animated feature film like that you know i mean even now you know i i can think of pretty much every i can think of pretty much every black disney character in a film uh, an animated film because there aren't that many and i can think of even more what i'm saying i can think of them is that means that there's not that many where it's like how many white characters appear in disney films i can't even think of that number or of all these characters i would forget some um, but even in, like, you know, animated live action, like the crossover, like Mary Poppins, beats Dragon, there's not a lot of Black, you know, actors in those films either. And so the fact that he was the first one outside of the Alice comedies to do that in a full-length feature film from Disney, that is a huge deal. That that in itself is a huge deal. Like I said, I just wish the subject matter could have been better. Um, anyway, so getting on to Bobby. So I want to talk a little about his career because it was a really, he's, he had a really, you know, big career, he first started off working with, uh, Disney after he did the film called The Window, which I believe he got, like, a Special Academy Award back then for it, I don't, like, I think back then kids got special awards versus just, like, a straight-up award for, like, a category, he ended up getting a, a, special award for that, and after that, I think Walt Disney just kind of fell in love with the idea of having him in films, and so he went on to do So Did in My Heart, which I think was the first movie that he, ha- he had yet been in, and, uh, so drinking water um cute film I actually own that film that one's a really cool movie it's about um a little boy named Jeremiah Kincaid and his grandmother um he lives with her they live on a farm and basically he ends up having like I think like a black goat or a, a black a black sheep um or whatever he is I'm sorry I don't know what he, I forgot what he was but um a little black sheep, and basically, you know, they're kind of, like, the outcast of town, he's not really the popular kid, and, you know, uh, his, his little sheep is just very, um, defiant, uh, what is, oh god, what is, I'm gonna have to look this up, because I forgot the sheep's name, it is not coming to me, um, but yeah, he started working at a very, very young age, I, he was born in 1937, um, and then he started working for Disney, I think, in about, like, 1943, I think around that time. So he was very, very young when he started working for the company and Walt just had him in so many things. I mean, if you look at his movies, I can talk about his movies. Um, like, yeah, he started with like, so, so goes my love. Um, let's see. The Fighting Civilians. Um, these are the Lost Angel. These are things he made appearances in. The Window was his big breakout film, um, and then he did like he did So Did In My Heart, which actually came out the year before. So I guess So Did In My Heart came up first for him, um, and then The Window. He did Song of the South. Um, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Song of the South might be his first film. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Song of the South. The first. So he was working with Disney from day one. Yeah. Song of the South. Um, he went on to do Treasure Island. He did Peter Pan. He did um, The Party Crashers, which I actually love that movie. I really do. The Happy Time. That's one of my favorite films. These are not. Okay. By the way, um, The Party Crashers, The Happy Time, and When I Grow Up are all non-Disney films. But they're, and so are The Fighting Sullivans and stuff. But these are really good films. I recommend seeing The Party Crashers. I recommend seeing The Happy Time and When I Grow Up they're all really good films when i grew up i think needed more substance to it but it was still a, a cute film um so he ended up moving on from disney and doing a couple of other things but he never quite got the same notoriety as he did when he was in disney when he was with disney that was like a big thing for him and yeah i mean he played jim hawkins in 1950 in uh, treasure island which is a really cool movie um that film plays like at least once a month on turner classic movies so it is a it is a big movie i have that one as well but yeah so going back to so Dear to my heart so he plays this character named jeremiah and i believe that walt did this film because it was kind of like a um mirroring of how his life was like in a sense like he was really big on like you know old-time feels that kind of like the uh the old west like you know like you know like uh that's kind of what walt disney was really into and so I believe I read somewhere that he felt kind of a kinship with this movie. And so, just kind of showing you the roles that he would put Bobby in. He put Bobby in a lot of movies that I think he, um, with characters that he liked and could relate to. And I think that's why he chose Bobby for a lot of these films. And he was very, from what I understand, he was very, very close to Bobby Driscoll at some point. So, the fact that he kind of sort of turned on Bobby, and in a sense, um was kind of sad. I mean, I do think Bobby probably had a rebellious period because um, I've seen some of the pictures of him like, you know, coming out of, I think, a holding cell or jail or whatever. And they're not like Hollywood photos. They're like photos of him just, you know what I mean, like being detained and stuff. And, you know, he was hooking up with, you know, the Andy Warhol scene. So there was definitely something going on. And he, he was also an artist, too. He actually did like paintings and stuff. I think he might have directed something at one point. So he was definitely he had his hands in different things and he might have been in a little bit of trouble here and there. Um, So, I mean, that could have been why the company parted ways with him at some point. Um, I do know that I think, like, him and Catherine Beaumont might have, like, been rude in the movie theater or something. There was some, like, thing I read a few years ago about that. He Catherine Beaumont, by the way, is the voice of Alice from Alice in Wonderland, and she also went into the voice of Wendy. And so he and her kind of had a very close relationship at the time um, when they were promoting these films. Uh, she would go out in public just as Alice and, you know, Bobby would go with her. And then when they both got Peter Pan together, he would dress up as Peter, she would dress up as Wendy. Again, I don't know if they went out in public in those outfits, but there are public, there are outfits of her going to like a famous restaurant with Bobby in public and she's dressed as Alice. So I think at the time, Disney had you promoting your films at like as the character. Um, they also did a special called Hour in Wonderland together. Um or I'm sorry she did a special called an hour in wonderland he was not in that special but he was in the hour in neverland one i believe um no, oh, am i wrong i'm sorry i am wrong about that she did do the hour in wonderland special and he was dressed up as um well he, i know i'm sorry he came as himself him, words hello he came as himself there we go i talked really fast I'm, i apologize um and so she did the hour in wonderland special and then they did an hour in neverland special i think the next year to kind of promote peter pan so back then coca-cola would like host this thing with disney and they would do like an hour-long special They like around christmas time they would play like um scenes from old movies and cartoons and then they would like introduce the new movie so for example when alice in wonderland was coming out in 1950 um Catherine Beaumont, came they did this whole like party thing with ed ed bergen i think his name was and um they did like this whole party and coke i think it was sponsored by coke and uh Walt Disney was there. They were, like, at, like, this... They were, like, at the animated studio. And Walt Disney's daughters were there. Bobby Driscoll showed up. And um, Catherine Beaumont came out, and she was dressed from head to toe in Alice, so she played up the role of, of being Alice. And they would show, like, clips of, like, you know, old Disney films. And the guy who was the magic mirror in this special is actually Captain Hook in the movie, too. So... All three of them were working together, but they were also like, like they were promoting Alice, but there was also like this undertone of promoting Peter Pan, which was the next big feature. And then the next year, Bobby Just came and he was, just as peter and i think she was just as wendy so i i haven't seen that special all the way through the peter pan one but i do have the alice in wonderland special because it was on the alice in wonderland dvd and i recommend watching it. it it's it's honestly i do not go a christmas now without watching it because it's like it's a part of my like christmas disney tradition i have to watch that like every year and again i'm a huge fan of both of them but like at the time i i think i read somewhere that they were being rude in the theater so his reputation was kind of like sort of bad boyish at one point kind of rebellious but again like you see this all the time it's a pattern of you know the celebrity growing up from a very young age in the in the spotlight right and constantly I mean he was what five or six when he first started working and I mean I was naming off these films and majority of them were coming out like back to back to back so he was constantly working and even if it wasn't with Disney he was working with like RKO and other studios like that so he was always in he was always working so i can see how a rebellion would kind of start forming in him when it's like all i do is act all i do is act which unfortunately too once that stops happening you start seeing the person especially back then because it went on there weren't a lot of outlets where you could go to and talk about your story there's no youtube where you can like a lot of the actors who don't work anymore they find other platforms right like some people are on like you know youtube now they do like only fans tiktok it's, they're doing something to kind of like, I mean, I am not saying things like OnlyFans, you know, are are anything like Hollywood, but I'm saying they still are out there some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Like, they, Hollywood can't necessarily control how much they're seen anymore because of things like this. Where back then, if you weren't making movies and you weren't, you know, really being booked, there was no other way to see you. You can't just, you know, turn on a camera and start filming yourself. And there's this website called YouTube because this is back in the 50s and 60s. There was no such thing. So... A lot of them at the time would really turn to substances because they couldn't, that outlet that they were like, even though they were being rebellious and they were tired, that's all they really knew. So it, it kind of sucks for them. Cause it's just like, yeah, I don't really want to do this anymore. However, comma, this is all that I'm used to because I was doing this at a young age. I didn't get to be a kid. I didn't get to be a child and be that way. And so I think a lot of them turn to, you know, different avenues and coping mechanisms. And I think Bobby was one of those people at some point, but I think what happened to him was really, upsetting um I think not working with him because of maybe some characteristics or maybe because he was you know a problem child at some point and just completely throwing him away and and basing that even partly on his looks is really not cool like that's really unfair and I think Tommy Kirk um I love Tommy Kirk he's another one I really love had this same kind of issue not exactly the same but um for him, I think it had to do more with his sexuality and that's kind of why Disney sort of backed off of him and he was eventually let go from Disney. And Tommy Kirk has been in countless Disney films. He's been in so many Disney movies. Him and Annette and other characters that were like very similar in age and in group were, you know, the next step after Bobby. And to see that that was still kind of going on, it, it's, it's kind of sad. It's very sad. Um, but getting back to Soldier to my heart, I'm sorry, um, I go off on tangents, forgive me. So, he plays a character named Jeremiah, and he lives with his grandmother, and I think Danny is the name of his little sheep goddess. Yeah, it it's Danny. And basically, they're working together so that Jeremiah can win the, like, first prize for, like, this, uh, what do they call him? It's, it's, it's a, it's a fair, but they're, the county fair, the county fair. Um, and so, they have to, like, you know, build Danny up to be the strong, like, sheep or whatever he is. Um, and it's, it's a good cross between live action and animation just like Song of the South um it's that same kind of vibe except there's a lot more live action in this movie than there is animation where Song of the South has like tons of animation so they're very similar to each other um and I think that little girl is in this too she's there's another girl there's a girl that plays in like half his movies with him and I feel like I have to talk about her because she's in yeah uh, Lana Lana Patton I think it's Lana Patton. Yeah, I think that's her name. She was in, if you saw Bobby Driscoll in a Disney film when he was a kid, save like Treasure Planet or Treasure Island, sorry, I call it Treasure Planet, save Treasure Island and save uh, Peter Pan, Kathleen Romont is in that film. Like they were always working together. In fact, she did a film a few years later, um, after Bobby had kind of been, you know, turned away from Disney, um, with a boy who looked just like Bobby and actually he was he would have made that film had he not been turned away by Disney and that film was I think Johnny Tremaine and the actor in that film, the main actor in Johnny Tremaine who looks who looks just like Bobby or looks enough like Bobby um, is Hal Stallmaster Is that what I'm saying that right? Hal Stallmaster Stalemaster Stallmaster but he actually ended up playing that part that Bobby would have easily gotten had he not like that that role. Was tailor made for Bobby Driscoll, who I think ended up doing The Scarlet Coat at around the same time. That was 1957. Let me see if Bobby was doing um, The Scarlet Coat at that time, because that was like pretty much a very similar film. Let me see. But yeah, I I was a huge fan of like, I'm a huge fan of Disney and I'm a huge fan of like the stars of disney and i love to know like you know the ins and outs yeah the scarlet coat was 1955 so that was two years before um the johnny uh, tremaine movie and that like because that was another tailor-made role for him by the way he appears in Melody time and not make my music i always get those two confused because they're so similar but he is part of the i think it's like a pecos bill segment and he's one of the kids. And he's also alongside Lana Patton in that movie, too. So, again, they just worked really well together. They were always in things together. And I think at that time, Disney wasn't really interested in casting a ton of different kids. He had specific kids in specific films. And you see that a lot in Disney films. Like, for example, Haley Mills is an actress who's in constant, like, she was constantly working with Disney. Um, again, Tommy Kirk, um, Annette Finicello. And there's another boy. I always forget his name. But he was always in films with Tommy Kirk. He always played Tommy Kirk's little brother. He was his brother in *The Swiss Family Robinson*. They were in *Babes in Toyland* together. They went. In, they were in *Old Yeller* together. He was. I forget his name now. But he was always working with Disney too. And I believe he had a little brother who started working with Disney as well. Um, Kurt Russell is another example of a kid who was constantly in Disney films. So there's this pattern. Haley Joel Osment at one point in the 90s and early 2000s was always working with Disney. Like he was always like the voiceover for characters. So there's always somebody because every generation has one and Bobby was like the first when it comes to like the live action and and when it comes to the movie stuff because again you have the girl from the Alice comedies and I believe she only did the Alice comedies but she was like the original Disney star like starlet little kid and then Bobby just came along and that kind of snowballed from there um but yeah the reason why I talk about him like I said is because I really love the work that he's done And, I mean, if you just look at the character of Peter Pan, the the animated character, his face is Bobby's face. If if you've seen Bobby, his face is Bobby's face. And like I said, as a kid, I was in love with Peter Pan. Like, he was my favorite Disney character. Because he could fly. He was cool. He was a boy who could fly. And he was just kind of confident, at the same time really immature. But he was cool. You know what I mean? And he's... I think the reason why he stands the test of time as a character is because he's such a unique character, you know, um, and, and in all the ways, in every way. Like I said, he's he's a boy, but he's he's confident, but he's also very insecure and not that bright sometimes. And he just walks around in like this elf kind of costume. There's a lot of really cool factors uh, that make Peter Pan just a really interesting character, and I mean, I don't really want to get into the the origin story of Peter Pan because it's actually kind of dark. Uh, the J.M. And Barry and the the boys that influenced the story, it's kind of dark. But I do think that's what's also kind of eerily sad about the story of Peter Pan is that like it was created in a very sad kind of way and then you think about the life of Bobby Driscoll who played Peter Pan and his life was very sad then if you want to add on top of that you think about Robin Williams who played a grown up Peter Pan in the 90s right early 90s or 80s and that was really sad and um, I think there's another version of Peter Pan that also has like a sad kind of thing to it too so there just seems to be a lot of like I don't wanna say the sadness overwhelms the positivity because obviously so many people have played the character of Peter Pan now, boys and girls, where it's not very tragic. But when you think about like the backstory of Peter Pan, you think about Bobby Driscoll's story, you think about Robin Williams' story, I'm sure there's another story or two in this mix that's also quite sad too. And it just makes it does make you wonder like, is there something to the character, to the story of Peter Pan that kind of has this very sad curse to it? Um and that's it's just, it's unfortunate because Bobby Driscoll was such a he's such a bright star and you know there's I, I you know I've never really understood when people talk about the term having like light in your eyes um I I've, I've been told when I'm happy I have that too and um, I remember watching I think it's Treasure Island and there's moments in the movie when he's smiling at people you can actually see like there's light in his eyes now that could be a reflection of the camera or whatever but like you see that and it's sad because I don't see that very often in people but I think he genuinely had. a a love for the things that he did and in fact walt disney um even cast him in treasure island because um he saw a boat i don't know where they were i don't know if this was like in the process of building disneyland i imagine not because treasure planet or i'm sorry sorry treasure island not treasure planet treasure island um took place in 1950 and disneyland was not open until 1955 so but again i don't know what it was for but I think they were they might have been working on the set, like the, the set design and the set dressing of Treasure Island before they cast the movie. But Bobby was like enamored with this ship, like the 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 uh the set production of a ship. And Walt Disney like knew right then and there because of how excited he was about this that he'd found his Jim Hawkins. So they were like little things about Bobby that made Walt casting in certain things just the way that he was and he just seemed like such a friendly and, and light-hearted person and you can kind of see the switch in his behavior um or the switch in like even the roles that he took after Disney that showed that there might have been a lot of like sadness going on in his life and some darkness going on but I don't want to read too much into that but I definitely noticed it um after a point in time I was like he doesn't even like come off as the same and granted he was he was taking more serious darker roles in some things but even when he was in happier movies you could kind of see that there was something you know because sometimes you you can see through it if that makes sense like you know you the audience if you, especially if you're a fan of somebody you can kind of see like okay this feels like a down period for him there's something in their eyes or something in in the way that they, they they move And granted that could be more for the character but i don't think so i think sometimes like they pick roles and they pick uh how to how to present themselves in movies that reflect what's going on in in their personal life, just my two, my two cents, my thoughts on that, um, so anyway, Bobby kind of worked, like, somewhat steadily up until, like, the mid-60s, and then he ended up passing away, unfortunately, in 1968, I believe, um, in New York City, and, uh, I think he was actually- pretty broke at the time uh his dad had passed away and i I don't think either he or his father passed away first and one didn't know about the other's passing so it was kind of sad um yeah 1968 so he died march 30th which means he he had just turned 31 like i think 26 days before his death 26 uh 26 27 days before his death 31 years old he died at 31 he was very very young And um, I think he had like hardened uh, uh, internal organs, I think had hardened something like that. And it was sad because he was found in, like, an abandoned apartment by two little boys, which, again, I thought was very ironic that he was found by these two little boys playing in an apartment building because The Window, hit one of his first big films, one of the films he's, like, known for, um, is a boy about... Uh, it's, a, it's a movie about a boy who witnesses a murder or something like that in an apartment building. Not an abandoned apartment building, but I do think at one point, the um, killer goes after him in an abandoned part of the building. So there is kind of this eerily, like like mirroring of that and also the peter pan segment right because you know peter pan's a lost boy he ended up becoming kind of a lost man and he was and he was found by these kids um and disney actually didn't even know about his death until i think about two to four years later when they were doing sort of like a song of the south i think reunion and they were getting some of the the people together for the film or whatever and nobody knew that that bobby had died but he did pass away so that was very sad and then the last part of this that makes it like the saddest was that um he was buried in a pauper's grave in new york city or in new york, not new, york state, but new york state somewhere he's buried out there somewhere in a mass grave um because no one knew who he was when they when they found him they weren't able to identify him and nobody cleaned the body because i believe his family lives in california so there was really no way to get you know any really information on him because he was kind of doing his own thing. Like I said, he had just been in the Andy Warhol scene in New York, and I think he just kind of done his own thing, which is very sad too when you think about Edie Sedgwick and things like that, and how those kind of stories are both very sad, um, involving Andy Warhol and other sad stories about that and people around him. So it just he just was mixed up, I think, from day one with the wrong people. I'm not necessarily saying that Walt Disney is the wrong person, but considering how their relationship ended and how i think it really damaged bobby mentally right and probably emotionally um and and not just with walt but even with hollywood as a whole right cuz at some point he wasn't working the way he used to it just seemed really really sad i think i you know and it just and then you know hooking up with andy warhol and his group and it just it just seems like you know There was a lot of sad things going on in his life. I do believe that there's a painting of his that is actually on exhibit somewhere in L.A. I'll have to look about that and I'll I'll research that and then I'll tell you in like an updated video on something else. Something related, but not related. Um, But yeah, I just I really wanted to take this time out to talk about him because he was one of my big influences as a kid. And even as a young adult, like I still love love, uh, uh, Bobby. And what's crazy is that I'm about to turn 32, so I'm the same age as he was when he passed away um 31 so that's kind of crazy but it's just yeah it's so i mean i've been a, i've been a big fan of him since i was a really little kid but yeah i mean it's 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 absolutely crazy it's such a story and like i said when i was younger i wanted to break into hollywood and i had agent and i would go on auditions and stuff and i really wanted to be in like some kind of peter pan film i really wanted to do that and like I don't know, it, it, it's just, it's really sad. But when I watch Peter Pan, like, I see Bobby's face in that character because he looks so much like Bobby. And obviously, it's his voice and a lot of his mannerisms. So, and that's kind of cool. Like he's he is immortalizing these things that we watch him in, the fans watch him in. And every now and then, someone will like my Bobby Driscoll post. This from years ago, that I posted this on Instagram. But every now and then, I'll get a new like on it, and it reminds me that there are still fans of Bobby out there. Like there are people who still really do appreciate the man that he was. And I do believe there was an artist who actually came out with an album that was like devoted to Bobby Driscoll back in the day. I didn't really look too much into the music, but I think it's called come back to the five and dime bobby d i think that's what it's called or i think it's like bobby d bobby d i think it's come back to the five and dime bobby d bobby d i think that's what it's called but i'm not quite sure which is interesting because there's a five and dime store in disneyland in toontown so i was like ah that's crazy disneyland toontown he's a tune, whatever i don't know again reading too so much into things but no, I like. I really do love these movies, and I recommend you guys giving them a watch. So dear to my heart, uh, Treasure Island, uh, Peter Pan, uh, Melody Time. I love The Window, The Happy Time, The Party Crashers, When I Grow Up, which is what I saw more recently. I recommend watching these films and just kind of, you know, just kind of uh, remembering Bobby. I think that's that's the biggest thing is just kind of remembering who he was and his legacy. Because I do think even though his passing was unfortunate you know I think that that's just you know it happens to people but I I don't think that that should overshadow the art the artist that he was I mean obviously he was a huge deal and you know I feel like every Disney fan that's worth their salt knows about this character this this guy and the work that he's been able to, to put out and so I appreciate you know the work that he has been in and you know I hope that he's in a happy place, you know. I do believe in life after death, absolutely, and I just hope that he's in a in a heavenly, happy place. And that, you know, that that was just like that. His life here was just the beginning of an even bigger story on somewhere else. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I appreciate the legacy leaves behind because honestly, without Bobby Driscoll, there wouldn't have there wouldn't have been all these other stars that came after him, and the stars that Disney currently has, right? Um, because you know he was part of some he was part of disney's like the starting ground for disney right you know he was part of that and so the fact that he you know in a way you know for child actors especially he's helped build this huge empire with shirley temple and all these other kids that came before them or that came around their time um that were that were in movies that were constantly in films and constantly making you know magic for people like i said you know Treasure Island, people watch that movie. And somebody who's watching Treasure Island, whether it be today or back in 1950, resonates with Jim Hawkins and with Bobby Driscoll. And so that keeps the spirit of Bobby alive. And like I said, people like me who, you know, love those movies and have watched them and have just really been enamored with them, you know, we definitely keep that going as well. And that's why I wanted to do this today because it's his birthday and happy birthday, Bobby. And I don't know if he has any surviving family left. I feel like, um, not that I feel like, I believe I spoke to someone who claimed to be his daughter a few years back, um, on a YouTube video that I did, and that was kind of cool to have a conversation with, uh, her, um, he was married to Marilyn Jean Rush, um, from 1957 to 1960, so I don't, I don't know if, let me see if he actually, like, I haven't even looked this up, if he had any like, actual children, so I'm gonna look this up, um, you know, they're actually showing him. His name is actually Robert Cletus Driscoll, which I did know that um, he went by Bobby. I, I don't know why you guys named Robert go by Bobby. I do. If you guys know, tell me why. But he did work in Hollywood for 17 years, which is a really cool thing. He was born in uh, Cedar Rapids, Ohio or Iowa. Sorry, Iowa. Um, and he was the only offspring of his father, Cletus Driscoll, and his mother, uh, Isabella Kratz or Isabel Kratz. Uh just go. Let's see. Um Yeah, they moved to California, which makes sense. That's that's where his mom was. Um I'm trying to see if I can find something about him. Yeah, and it looks like people actually I think uh Walt Disney, his uh the history of Walt or History Walt, whatever, um, actually did uh post something about him last year. So again, he does seem to get a shout out every now and then from Disney fans and, and that that's very important. I wish he got more of a shout out from the actual Disney Corporation. But yeah, that's that's so cool. Um and he was the first boy to play peter pan actually jeremy sumter was the first guy to play him live action like first little boy to play him live action um in 2003 which is crazy but he's the first one to do it in a live action film but bobby jisco was the first one to play him um at all uh, the first boy to play him at all he was mostly peter pan words hello peter pan was mostly played by girls um in when it was a stage show and, and uh before i end this uh, the reason why it's special too is that walt disney actually went to see a production of peter pan when he was young and that like completely changed his life um and in ways possibly even brought on him wanting to do and create disney so again the reason why i think he really felt as if bobby just was special was not only was he giving him these roles that were you know close to his heart like so dear to my heart like you know characters like jeremiah kincaid that he related to but he also gave him the 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 chance to play Peter Pan, which is like something that started a spark in Walt Disney. So it was very clear that they did have a a caring and close relationship at one time. And it's just very unfortunate that Walt decided to just not work with him anymore. For whatever reason, that would be, um, it just really sucks. And I know that Bobby had mentioned that he felt like Hollywood kind of, in a sense, he said this, that Hollywood kind of chews you up and spits you out. And that's very, very sad that that's kind of, you know, one of his lasting impressions of working with the walt disney company um and i mean rightfully so for himself to think that because of what happened to him right like it's not it's not your fault that you you know grow out of your looks or that you're going through puberty. that's it's just really silly um but anyway i'm going to end this and i just want to say that i like i said i'm a huge bobby just fan i think he's amazing and i think his work was amazing and you know i don't think that there's ever been another one quite like him and uh I think, you know, he, he was a special guy and he's, even now, I think he his presence is definitely uh, impacting people, you know, impacting uh, young Hollywood. And I, I think that, you know, stories like his deserve a closer look at, um, because you see this pattern is something that you see quite often, where it's like kids are just, you know, they're burnt out at a certain age and Hollywood and, and people in general just kind of just give up on them or sort of just treat them as if they don't matter and it's sad because you know generations later you know we look at his films we think man this kid's a great actor this kid just done all these great things and you look him up and you want to hear great stories about these people and unfortunately you just hear a whole bunch of sad things that happened and like I said it's a pattern you think about kids like Lindsay Lohan, Shaw LaBeouf, Demi Lovato, all these you know kids who've been with these companies um, who unfortunately just have sucky times and sucky periods and how the world just kind of you know eats them up you know when they're doing all these great things and kind of spits them out when when things kind of take a turn for bobby it was his looks and possibly you know somewhat of his bad boy rebellious behavior um even though he was a a teenager whose life has you know constantly been in front of a camera can you really blame him no i don't think you can um but anyway, we're, we're going to get into more stories like this. I do want to talk about Hayley Mills. I want to talk about uh, Tommy Kirk. Not so much just because there's, like, there's bad parts or dark parts of their stories. I don't know if there's a dark part of Hayley Mills at all. Um, but I just want to talk about them because, like I said, I'm a huge Disney fan. And, y'all, we'll see you guys in the next one. Until then, peace. And once again, happy birthday, Bobby. And thank you for all of your amazing work and accomplishments. Um, like I said, I hope you are somewhere. I hope you're in a heavenly place. I hope you're in a heavenly, happy place. Um, So yeah, happy birthday, bud.